just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Marcus Show Bro, I am your host, as I am every week, Marcus himself. And this week, once again, I have a guest with me. The show is better when I have a guest. Uh, A reunion of sorts, not fully. I got things in the works later on. Uh, So part of the equation is here. The other part of the equation may come later. Uh, But this week, I have... Max Winter on with me. We used to do a little show uh, about the NFL, so I figured who should I bring on to talk to me about the NFL in the offseason, the draft, everything else like that. Max, buddy, it's been too long. I missed you big time. It's been far too long, Marcus. It feels like I've come home. It is so good to see your smiling face again. Um, I, I mean, I got you on the screen and legitimately – like joy came over me and that's not, I'm not lying. I'm not just saying that right. Uh very special guest. I'm so happy that we can do this. Cause I always, always, always enjoyed our episodes. Um, Cause somebody would just say something. And now, like I said, again, the full winter forecast is not all the way back. Um, that is later down the road um, with somebody that we will not name uh, right now, but we'll, we'll make sure to see him later. I promise you all that. Um, Continue. Unless, you know, they decide they don't want me to have a show anymore, then that won't happen. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I brought Max on uh, because we used to do an NFL show uh, and I was like, hey, let's talk about the NFL. Um, so, Max, how has how have you been following up with the NFL so far in the offseason? So, you know, I'll be honest. Um with the pain that was the Eagles last year, I needed a little bit of a detox. Mm-hmm. And lately the focus has been on hockey, but but I gave the draft plenty of attention. And it has been it's been nice to just see drama with teams that aren't the Eagles for once. Mm-hmm. I will say that's been refreshing. Uh so just you know, seeing things with Aaron Rodgers, seeing the quarterback shake up in the draft. I mean it's it's been entertaining. It's it's nice to not have the drama though be too close to home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just lost what you thought was your franchise quarterback and then, you know, but I, I think like you, we'll, we'll get to the Eagles draft here in a bit because um, sure. I think too often we focus on like the first round and then you're like, I only care about what my team does from here on out. Um, so I'll be honest with you. I really only focused on what the Steelers did after the first round. Uh, so we'll talk about that a bit. 
Um, but before we get into the draft stuff, before we get anything like that, um, episode two, me and Al recorded it literally the day before the Aaron Rodgers news dropped. Uh, so I haven't really given my take on that. Uh, and I wanted to get your take on that as well. What do you think about this Aaron Rodgers saga? How do you feel about him right now? And what do you think about him going into the next year with or without the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, so this is going to be a little plug for Reddit here. I am a, an avid Reddit user. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite subs is the NFL subreddit. And I think it was maybe a couple days before, like, think the, the shoe really dropped when there was murmurings about Aaron Rodgers being disgruntled uh someone i don't remember who they posted a whole uh evaluation of aaron Rodgers' personality and they highlighted the fact that he has a, a narcissist his his you know enfp enfj whatever it was mm-hmm. that he had. myers-briggs there we go yeah they his myers-briggs personality trait which of course i can't remember what it is but his personality type was uh very commonly a narcissistic personality type mm-hmm. and that he is someone that not only is, is great at, you know, he's a high achiever and great at running the show. He needs to run the show and he needs to be in the spotlight to some degree. And he will hold a grudge if he needs to. And I think we are seeing that on full display here that he is very specific. He and who he wants out and what he wants changed. And he will go scorched earth if he doesn't get it. Uh, I mean, in terms of whether or not I blame him, I mean, I don't. Like, is this the nicest thing? Is this the most amicable route he could go? Definitely not. And is he an asshole? Yeah, he's an asshole for it. But this is Aaron Rodgers. We've known he's an asshole. Yeah. I mean, the guy doesn't talk to his family for a reason. <laughs> uh, you know, so I don't, I don't know. This is who, this is who you knew you were working with. You know, you can either... Uh, feed the beast and try to win another Super Bowl or, you know, cut your losses. But I think the only wrong move here, as far as I'm concerned right now, if you're Green Bay, is you wait him out and make him retire because he'll do that. He will do that. Yeah. And then, yeah, what do you- I, uh, number one, I can't, I can't blame him. I'm a narcissist either, uh, which I think is why our show went so bad. I, I pushed you out the door. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, of course. Um, but, I, I see where you're coming from, and I, I, I tend to agree a lot of what you're talking about. Like, I don't think he's doing this in the right way, but I don't know if there's a right way to do this. And I don't know if – you're exactly right. Like, taking – drafting – not even drafting Jordan Love. They traded up to draft Jordan Love. There's a big difference right there. Last year, they traded up to get him, Okay. So it's not like Jordan Love fell to them and you, you're like, you're Green Bay Packers. Okay, this can be a guy that we can build around for a while. Like, this can be a guy that we build up, and when time comes, the time comes. No one knew Rodgers was going to go crazy and be the MVP of the season. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from, like, what you talked about. He's very much about himself and, and stuff like that because he's so daggum good. Like, you can't argue that. Um but I think the way that he's doing it is, again, I don't know if he's handling it the correct way. Um, but at the same time, like, Green Bay's in a weird spot, man, where, like, Green Bay is one of those historically great NFL teams, but I wouldn't consider them a 
big market team, if that makes sense. Like, I think the Steelers are the same way. Like, Steelers historically great, but players don't flock to go to Pittsburgh. It's very much a homegrown style, small market team that it's just happened to have success kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, in the NFL, I mean, of course, you know, the market itself doesn't matter quite as much, but it's still, you know, you're not going to see people lining up to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin mm-hmm. in, in the winter. I mean, that's not going to, that's yeah. not going to. Um, and so I don't know. I, I feel like when this first all started, I was with you. I felt like if the, if it comes to it, he will just sit out or retire. Um, and it's kind of taken away from the fact that we don't talk about Deshaun Watson as much anymore. I think that before everything with Deshaun Watson came out, I think that the, I, I, I think he was going to sit out and the Texans were going to find him because of it. I bet the Texans now are like, yeah, go ahead and sit out. Like we we won't even take money out of your pocket. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now. Yeah, uh, we've seen the last play of football Deshaun Watson's ever done. I I uh, Deshaun Watson will never take a snap again. I I I I think you're right on that take. I think you're right on that. I mean, there's so many there's so many women that are coming out about it, and that's you know you have to be so sensitive to that topic. Um, it's not, and I hate, it's apples to oranges, but it, the first one that comes to my mind is the Michael Vick thing. Um, but Michael Vick, I don't know. It is, it is so different because one was, one is, is sexual abuse and the other is a totally different thing. So I think that you're right. I I think that it's a lot of, if I think he gets blackballed, uh, for lack of a better term from the league. So, um, but. With Aaron Rodgers, I, 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 he took a lot of that spotlight away, and I think that if he decides to sit out, the Packers will just find him, and he'll be okay with that. I don't know if he retires. Honestly, I think like, I think he plays this year, and I think he plays for the Packers, but I don't know if he plays after this year kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just – if you're the Packers, man, like, okay, first off, just, just back to your point, and maybe this is too much of a tire, you know, maybe mm-hmm. cut this the Packer for how good Aaron Rodgers is, right? And for how good some of their talent has been. I mean, you know, Jordy Nelson over the years, Devontae Adams right now, they've had they've won Super Bowl. They've mm-hmm. won that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, and I know winning one Super Bowl is hard, but man, one Super Bowl, and as far as I know, it, correct me if I'm wrong, one Super Bowl appearance. Is that right? I think, yep, I think you're right. Many NFC championship appearances, only one Super Bowl appearance, it was against the Steelers. I mean, the Packers have already, they've not capitalized. And they weren't doing it then. They're clearly not doing it now. You might as well, I mean, this is, listen, we always, even even though quarterbacks are incredibly important, I think you find the right team, they're going to overvalue any quarterback. Quarterbacks are still overvalued in this league when it comes to transactions from one team to the next that's why Carson Wentz was worth what he was worth and people still think that it was highway robbery for the Colts Mm -hmm. uh cash in while you can I mean this isn't going anywhere this there isn't a happy ending here if you're not going to win the Lombardi then what's the point and the Packers aren't doing that so you might as well if you're going to rebuild rebuild you can get hella money for Aaron Rodgers right now so oh you you can get 
three first round picks and a player easy. And that would still be considered a steal. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I just want to get your thoughts on that and, and kind of staying on the topic of quarterbacks. You mentioned it. Quarterbacks are so important um, to franchises and finding your guy. Uh, looking at the quarterbacks that got drafted this year, we had five more in the first round, I believe, and all five went in the top 15 picks. Um, just kind of wanted to get your thought on the order of the quarterbacks. So we had, uh, of course, Lawrence going one, Wilson two. Uh, Trey Lance three, which it was up in the air about the whole Trey Lance, Mac Jones thing. Uh, the Chicago Bears trade up to 10 to get Justin Fields. And Mac Jones, the last one falling to 15 to the Patriots. Uh, just wanted to kind of get an idea from you what you thought about. Was that the correct order? Kind of stuff like that. So, listen, who am I to say if it was the correct order? But I will say this, that there, there are three lessons that I think we took away from, from this. Um, the first is just continuing the point that quarterbacks are the holy grail in this league, mm-hmm. right? And I know that's obvious, but after we saw Patrick Mahomes, right? Everybody passed up Patrick Mahomes, right? The Bears took all, all the heat in the world for that. Nobody wants to be those guys again. Nobody wants to miss out. And so everyone's going to shoot their shot. Everyone's going to do everything they can to get that one guy just at the chance, because honestly, one pick, if it goes down the drain, it's still worth it. At the end of the day, if you're, if you're hitting money, if you're hitting pay dirt, mm-hmm. worth it. it's worth it tenfold. Another thing that we've learned is just how important recency bias or how prevalent recency bias is. Let's go back. Let's go back a year ago. All right. Now we knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the first pick. We've known that, you know, for a while now that he was going to be one of the first few picks. Uh, Justin Fields though, from where I was, I thought was the wildly consensus number two going into this a year ago. He decided to play rather than sit out and his year was a little bit up and down and there was points where some people thought he wasn't going to even get take. I mean, if the bears don't trade up for him, you don't know if the Patriots take him. Uh, Zach Wilson, on the other hand, I know he was a part of the conversation, but I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting him to be considered in the top two until a couple months ago. Uh, so it just goes to show you that, that consistent, I mean, we, we don't know until the time comes until it's their their final year um i think zach wilson i mean listen you there's no way you don't draft trevor lawrence with the first round pick or with the first overall pick there's no way you don't i i get it um but man zach wilson looks looks dangerous at times and i know there's a lot of knocks on him for the fact that he didn't play the toughest competition but man there were flashes where he was throwing with neither of his feet on the ground where he was throwing across his body. I mean, he, he looked pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third thing we learned is that, and this kind of goes back to my first point, is that the whole sunk cost fallacy thing is, is no longer a thing. Sunk cost fallacy being if you've put, if you've invested in a bad decision, you should continue to push for that decision to justify making in the first place. All right. Mm -hmm. 
So for instance, you know, the Bears, why the hell they are paying Andy Dalton as much as they're paying him, I have no idea. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But you know what? In years past, I think the Bears and teams like them probably after making a decision like that would have justified it by saying, all right, we have Andy Dalton. We're going to build around him now. We're not going to, we're not going to trade up to undo that decision and bring in Justin Fields because that means we're not being efficient with our resources. You know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're being efficient with your resources. All that matters is whether or not you have a good quarterback and the bears are not for living in the past. And I think a lot of other teams, again, getting caught up in the idea of getting the right guy, they're not going to focus on the decisions they've made up until that point. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with you on all that. Now let me, my take on it is this, um, and I'm gonna, I have two disclaimers before I start. The first disclaimer is that statistics tell us and, and overwhelming history tells us that of the five guys taken in the top 15, two, probably two of them will maybe be good. The other three are going to be what we consider busts. That's why we consider that draft class with Eli, Phil, and, and Big Ben to be so incredible because you don't see three guys like that drafted that high become Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. That's just what the stats tell us. Okay, max two, two of these guys are going to be good. Maybe one and four of them are going to suck. The other disclaimer is this. I don't know a ditch from a doorknob when in all reality. So, like, my, my brain is not that smart. But this is kind of what I've always held firm when it comes to drafting quarterbacks and when it comes to drafting players in general out of college. I watch a ton of college football, a ton, from the time it starts to the time it ends every Saturday. Teams draft based on talent because any more colleges recruit based on talent, which is why we saw a guy, like you said, why we saw a guy like Wilson shoot up so high because his arm talent is so incredible. And it really is. He can make throws that other guys just can't not name Trevor Lawrence in the draft. The thing that I think is so so super important, especially at the quarterback position, is who did they play in college? What did they do when they played good teams? Trevor Lawrence consistently, consistently put up big numbers against good teams. All right? One of the best defenses he played last year was Notre Dame, and he torched them from start to the end. That shows me not only is he a good talent, but he can play against good competition. Justin Fields did the same thing. He was able to play against good teams. He did it against Clemson. He did it against Northwestern, who had the best defense in the Big Ten last year. When I look at a guy like Wilson, Wilson's biggest game last year was Coastal Carolina. Now, it was in Coastal Carolina, but he also kind of floundered, and they didn't look that great. So I worry about, can he take the step, not only from playing a Coastal Carolina team, can he make the step to playing in the NFL? Not only that, he is a Mormon kid from Utah that is now going to play in New York City. That's a big difference. Um, but I don't know. I, I We could see in a year that he's awesome and he is the one of the four, and Trevor Lawrence kind of you know, doesn't fit right in as hard as it is for our brains to imagine that. And I eat crow and I'm like, hey, yeah, right hand up. I was wrong about this. But I think that's so important. And the other thing I also look at is this. A guy like Mac Jones, I'm interested to see 
how he does without Alabama weapons. And by that, I mean, how does he do without Najee Harris? How does he do without Waddle? How does he do without Devontae Smith? It's the same thing that we saw this year with Tua, right? Is Tua that great or did Tua have great weapons, right? Was Tua in the best system for him or is Tua really that good to make the system the best for him? So I always think that's super interesting and I I think it's something that I could talk on for forever. Um, But I'm with you. I think that, I think Justin Fields was a steal for the Bears, um, and I think that kind of leads me into this. Do you do you believe you brought up Andy Dalton, the guy that they brought in, kind of who we thought was going to be the starter? How do you feel about Justin Fields being the starter this year? And and does it happen game one, or does it happen middle of the season, or does it happen not happen at all for the Bears? So I think it depends on a number of things. Uh, obviously, how Fields is playing in the preseason, for sure. Right. Um, and how he's acclimating. But I think it also depends on what message the Bears want to send to Fields early on. Because, listen, if we are going to talk about the, the, the resources they do have right now, is Andy Dalton the answer for them in the long term? Absolutely not. But can he provide a great mentorship role for Fields? Absolutely. Now, that doesn't need to mean he's on the field. That doesn't need to mean he's under center. But, but you can make the argument right now then Andy Dalton could be the starter. And for that very reason, I don't think the Bears are going to be in any rush to announce who's taking, uh, who, who's the starter in week one. And so do I think Fields will be the starter by the end of the season? I think he will start by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I think at the absolute earliest that announcement comes is going to be as late as possible before week one. Mm -hmm. I think there's a very good chance we see something similar to what happened with the Eagles and Carson Wentz. It was supposed to be Sam Bradford up until the very, very, very last minute. And uh, so do I think Fields is going to play? Absolutely, I think he's going to play. But it's not going to be clear. And I think the the Bears are going to put up every smokescreen possible because it works in their favor. The only way it doesn't is if they think that it is more important to show fields that they are unapologetically behind him from the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I mean, you know, the only, the, the only thing that determines that is the dynamics within the locker room. So I can't speak for it. Yeah. That was kind of a non-answer, but I hope. <laughs> no, no, you said, you said a lot without saying a lot. Um, I'm a master. I, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more cut and dry with my answer with it. Uh, Matt Nagy is an idiot if he doesn't start in week one because Matt Nagy's job depends on, and Ryan Pace, their GM, their jobs depend on this guy being it. So if you're Matt Nagy and you're looking at this, you don't have a year to let him develop. As as bad as that may suck for Justin, that guy's job and the guy ahead of him's job depends on this guy, on Justin Fields being good. Because if he's bad, Nagy Nagy gets fired. And that's the cut and dry of it. So Nagy doesn't care if he's actually bad or good because if he is good, then he keeps his job. Um, as bad as that is, and I agree with you 100%, the smart thing to do and the long-term thing would be to bring him along easily uh, or bring him along, you know, over time. Because when you look at, like, the way the Buckeyes play, now this is no slight on the Buckeyes. This is just something that other people have pointed out to me. The way that... Ryan Day's system is running, it's a smart way to do it, is they don't 
put their quarterbacks in positions to make tough throws. They set the quarterback up to make easy throws. And whether that be quick outs, whether that be just the route combinations are very smart. Now we have to look at, can he, can he throw guys open without guys being open kind of thing? Um, can he, I think he can, cause I think he's immensely talented. Uh, but I don't know if he can do it right away. So we'll see. Um, mine kind of more cut and dry of he, I think he starts week one for the bears. There's no, there's no other way around it. Yeah. I mean, I, you're not wrong. I, you're not, <laughs> they need a, they need a boom. It's a boomer bust year for them. And you're not going to get a whole lot of boom out of Andy Dalton. No, no. Hey, but I love Andy Dalton. Hang his jersey from the Raptors, baby. He's, as a Steelers fan, he's brought me more happiness than any other quarterback not named Big Ben. I I need to say, I need to be very clear about this. Uh, first off, I think Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. I think he, I, I don't think he's proven yet that he is a, you know, elite quarterback, but I think he's a good quarterback and I think he's had a terrible rap over the years. Uh, also, I had the pleasure of working with him a couple of times and he and his wife are just the nicest people in the world. Oh my I mean, God. Absolutely incredible. Okay. Give um, me a quick story. Why, how'd you work with him? So uh, at my agency, one of our clients was the Andy and uh, JJ Dalton foundation. Mm-hmm. So I was working with the two of them uh, doing PR for their nonprofit events. Uh, and so getting to kind of work with them. And then also they have a nonprofit um management firm that they would also work with but we would kind of do the media relations and social media side of it uh and just every event i mean jj was always you know always so nice i, I mean it really felt i i came in kind of late to the show with their time in cincinnati mm-hmm. um but i mean even from day one though they, i mean they treated me like i was part of the family uh they, i mean really just amazing people even though i'm not an andy dalton guy or a Bengals guy in general. I am an Andy Dalton guy. I just said I am. I, I truly am. Not a Bengals guy, I should say. Uh, I would see him if I was you, and I would be like Chris Farley from the sketch in SNL, and I'd be like, hey, do you remember when you threw that touchdown to A.J. Green? That was so cool. And I would just like be staring at him. That'd be me the whole time. I wouldn't be able to hold myself back. And that guy, I mean, Andy is so down to earth. that I know. I'd be like, can I get a thousand pictures with you, dude, and send it to every single friend? Um, but that's me. I'm glad that you held your composure a bit better than I did. Or I would, I guess. I did okay. I didn't do perfect. We'll say that. Uh, a couple more draft questions before we get on to some other uh, other things around the league. Number one, uh, Jacksonville. Obviously, like you said earlier, the no-brainer pick is Trevor Lawrence. Um but they've caught they've caught a lot of you know flack and backlash from taking Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson that played with Lawrence late in the first round. Um, I kind of want to get your thought. There's no right or wrong answer to this one. I just kind of want what what you think about it because I kind of have some thoughts about it. Um, but I, I want to see what you said or you kind of think. Well, so I, I have kind of two sides to this. First off, I'll start with the part where I differ from popular opinion, maybe. Phenomenal pick. Great pickup. I think it is so, so, so smart to, when you have a guy that's transitioned, I mean, listen, there's a reason why Trevor Lawrence found the success he did in Clemson. It's not just because he's good. It's because he had consistency from day one. I mean, he didn't have to do a whole lot of adjusting throughout his college career. And if you want to build 
a rookie's confidence early on, build as much consistency around him as you can. And a very easy way to do that is give him someone he knows. Give him a guy, whether it's handing the ball off, whether it's throwing. I mean, listen, he doesn't have the best support out there right now in Jacksonville. So give him a friendly face that he can just dink and dunk passes to. Uh, just something to give him some kind of confidence because that's really where the growth is going to come from. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think not only is Travis Etienne a talented running back, I, I think he is a great, great piece to help Trevor Lawrence develop. Mm -hmm. So great player, great pick, wrong time. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't know that Travis Etienne is not there in the second round and there's certainly the argument you can make about the fact that they already have a backfield. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's an incredibly valuable pick. And to be fair, if there's any team that it's worth making that pick that early, it's the Jaguars. I mean, he is more valuable to that team because of Trevor Lawrence than any other team, even with that backfield already. But even then I think it's a reach. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. So I I will. This pains me to say it. I Urban Meyer knows more than I know, so it's hard for me to be like, "Wow, that's a dumb pick." But you, you know what? My, you, I, yeah. Does he? Does he? Or do we think he does? Is this just Chip Kelly again? Is this just <laughs> Chip Kelly? And we're like, oh, well, yeah, no, the, the other shoe will drop. He's mm -hmm. making good. I mean, he's big braining all of us right now. We don't understand. Yeah, I'm saying like in there. This it's is so done. stupid to say. This is, again, this is saying a lot without saying a lot. He's either going to be wildly successful or he is just going to be out of the league in three years. Like, it's one or the other. I don't, I don't see a middle – I don't see a Jeff Fisher 8-8 eight and eight consistent season where he just kind of hangs around, makes one deep run, and is able to stay. Number one, he can't stay in somewhere for longer than five years without his, like, brain hurting him. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it's either – it's it's – to me, it's either it's bang or bust with Urban Meyer, but he's he's surrounded himself with good NFL minds. Um, so it, again, you know Najee Harris is off the board at that point to the Steelers, so you're not worried about anybody else that needs a running back in the first round. Nobody else is looking for a running back that high, and then you get the first pick in the second round, right? So why wouldn't you, in my mind, you take the next best available lineman to put up front to protect the guy that you just decided is going to be your dude for at least the next four or five long, like plus years. And then you get Etienne to start the second day. That's kind of the way I look at it, but I think you're right. You get a guy that, that Lawrence already knows that Lawrence has not only handed the ball to read the zone, read with him, but also throws to him and urban saying that he's taking every like, you know, preseason snapper off season workout snap at as wide receiver uh, to get his hands right and get his routes right and stuff like that. So he's going to be a guy that they're going to use in many different areas, but I just don't, I don't. I, I think you're right. I, I agree with you 100. I don't know if that's the reach. I think it's. I think it's. I don't. I don't know if you go to get that guy then when it's probably safe to say you could get him on day two. I think the Jaguars 
just echoing your point, I think they were just so excited about this guy and about the idea and the value that he brought to them as opposed to others that they lost sight of the bigger mm-hmm. picture, which is what I do in fantasy every year. So, you know, Jacksonville, bring me in the office. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. So, so uh, last draft question. You know it's coming. How did you feel about the Eagles draft? So we talked about it kind of before we got – or were we on air? I can't remember at this point. It's all the same. Um, I you you kind of watch what your what everybody does day one, and then from then on you just get so locked into what your team's doing. So I couldn't tell you how the Eagles did, which is why I bring on Max Winner to tell me how the Eagles did with their draft. All right. Well, we'll probably have to cut this part, but I have to admit I don't know who we drafted after round four. <laughs> no, we're keeping that in. Um, I, you know, depending on the day of the week, all right, Eagles fans, myself included, either love or hate Howie Roseman. Mm -hmm. This was one of those times where we ended up loving the guy. Okay. We turned basically through a series of trades. We turned a third rounder this year into a first next year Mm -hmm. and we still got the guy we wanted to begin with anyways Mm. uh i mean because there was a lot of shuffling between the first round we traded back traded up traded back uh i mean (laughs) there was a moment oh what was it oh what was it oh yes there was a moment where i seriously thought just for a second that after the Eagles traded up two two spots that we were going to draft Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to jump off of a roof. <laughs> and I went in and we took Devontae Smith. I, I wasn't even, I didn't even like cheer. I just, I just breathed. I just mm-hmm. breathe again. Um, I mean, I am a pessimist by nature as an Eagles fan, especially when it comes to drafts because we haven't drafted well in so long, but at least on paper, at least we can say the, on, on the day it happened that it looks like the Eagles made the right decisions. And granted, we haven't made the right decisions in a while, but since Carson Wentz, I don't think there's been a single pick that there's been a consensus around where people say the Eagles got it right. So yeah. Yeah, I think I think Devontae Smith is the guy, number one. All all accounts were saying that the Giants were gonna take him. So you keep yeah. that guy from going in division. Uh, and you also get an incredible, incredible star athlete uh to play wide receiver. I mean the Heisman trophy winner. I mean that I don't care what you say, I don't care what you say about the college season that some teams didn't play as long, some teams didn't play at all, yada yada. It's BS. The guy went out there and won the Heisman Trophy. You cannot deny it. He's that daggum good, and you guys got that to be a weapon for Jalen Hurts moving forward. And to your point earlier about how you evaluate talent, I think it's also important to note how he won that Heisman and what he did even after he won it. I mean, go back to the go back to the, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Every single person watching TV knew who was getting the ball. Every single person on that field knew who was getting the ball. They were facing good teams, good defenses. He's going to face good defenses in the NFL, and they know who the ball is going to, and they couldn't stop him. They 
couldn't stop him once. That is what tells me he's the real deal. Yeah, he played great against arguably the number one defense in the nation in Notre Dame in, in the first semifinal game. And then he played one half against the Buckeyes and had 200 plus yards and three touchdowns. Like that's just so insanely, insanely good and so impressive that you're not going to get me to say that that doesn't translate to the league. Like yeah. you just won't. You just won't. I, I I can't do it. I I, right. I can't so. speak in absolutes because I've been hurt too many times. But I admire your confidence, Marcus. Yeah. Um, so getting off the draft a bit, I got a couple more questions. I kind of want us to go over just about the league, uh, as, as we move forward. Um, one of the big stories that, that has come out this week, uh, is that Joe Burrow, number one pick last year to the Cincinnati Bengals, um, is on pace to start week one, uh, with how ACL surgeries happen and, and kind of what they're able to do in the rehab that they get. It's not super surprising, but it's still kind of shocking at this point. Um, I just want to kind of get your idea. You're in Cincinnati. I'm sure you're around it constantly. How do you think Joe Burrow does bouncing back this year, just kind of off the top of your head? I, I think Joe Burrow is a phenomenally talented quarterback. I think we saw that last year, and I think we all saw what Joe Burrow is capable of. Um but there is nothing that I've seen in what Cincinnati's done over the past year that gives me confidence to believe Joe Burrow is going to have more support this time around mm-hmm. to function. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how talented you are if you're on the ground. The uh, moment that I think back to is – Oh, I think it was the Bengals schedule release, or maybe it was some social media post they had about um, draft day. And it showed Joe Burrow sitting on a throne. And uh, and I can't remember all the details of the photo, but the one thing that stuck out was the huge surgery scar on his knee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the prompt? I, I think was something like, you know, who do you have the Bengals drafting first, or what did you think of the draft, or something I, like that. So I think I think that was that was this year. That yeah, that was like this year when they and they released their new uniforms. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, yep. And yeah, and and it was just like, listen, I mean, if this picture doesn't tell you where you should be going with your draft, then nothing else will. And I get, I get the appeal of bringing Jamar Chase. I get it, mm-hmm. but I think. I think it's this is similar to the mistake the Jaguars made uh, with ETN is that you are so excited about what this play with the unique value of this player um, marginally to you. Now, don't get me wrong. Jamar Chase would probably be good on any team, but it is that much more important to have him with Joe Burrow that they got so wrapped up in that that they lost sight of the bigger picture here. And the big picture is it really doesn't matter who you have at wide out if he doesn't have time to throw. And I don't, I, I think they have, they're at, I mean, they look healthier right now. Their line's going to be healthier this year. Uh, the guy they drafted last year will be healthy, but I mean, I don't. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to echo you a bit here. It, it, uh, and let me say this again, Steelers fan noted Bengal hater and forever, ever will hate the Bengals. Um, but I'm a realist as well. I can kind of take off the bias hat every once in a while. Jamar Chase is a freak. 
an absolute freak when it comes to being a wide receiver. Taj Boyd is an absolute animal. Joe Mixon is an animal. Uh, TJ Higgins is an animal. So, like, that receiving core, to up to bottom, competes with anybody. Competes with anybody. Um, But you do have to worry about the protection. Now, again... I can eat crow, and Joe Burrow may not get sacked once because he's getting the ball out of his hand so quick, and he his weapons are getting open quick, and you know he he has a better season, has an, a fantastic season because of the weapons. But if he takes a big hit again, or you know he doesn't have the time, then it's like, okay, did we really make the right choice? Kind of thing. Um, I you think know. that Joe Burrow is great. Before he was a Bengal, when he was still at LSU, I literally counted down the days about how much I hated he would become a Bengal. That's how much I love him. Because I knew the moment he was taken by the Bengals, I had to, I had to hate him. I, I There's no other option. Um, but, like, it's he's he has something. You just see it when he plays that he can be that great. I just don't know when that's going to, if that's going to be this year, if it's going to be down the road when they put more support up front or what the case may be, because their, their, their defense still is one of their weaker points. Um, So do you trust this guy to go out in his second year? Now I know he did it at LSU. Do you trust him in his second year to go out and score 35, 42 points a game because your defense can't stop a nosebleed? Um, So I, I kind of echo everything you, you said as well. Um, He's great. I don't know if it's the right pick right now. And and just adding on to one of your points that I think you were getting at, mm-hmm. all it takes is one hit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, one touchdown isn't one touchdown to Jamar Chase isn't going to necessarily make or break your franchise. But one hit, one more hit to Joe Burrow's knee, good. Yeah, that I mean, that could be it. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I guess we'll just have to see this year. Like everything, it's you know, again saying nothing while saying something at the same time. But it could be a big feast or famine, and it could just be a year that you know the Bengals go. I have to think of the seventeen game schedule how it works out. They could go nine and eight, nine and eight. They could I go know. nine and eight and either just make it or just miss it, kind of thing. Um, and so I just, yeah, the, the 17 game schedule screws me up with how the, how the, uh, records go. That is, that is the first time I've thought about that. Yeah. It's that messing is- me up big time. It messes me up big time. Yeah. Can't go eight and eight anymore. No 500 teams. It's impossible. We need Jeff Fisher back. I know. What I happened? know. What would happen? He, oh, they'd tie. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight and one. Eight and one, yeah. <laughs> eight, eight, and one. Um, anyway, Max, just kind of wrapping up here. Uh, last question. I want your way too early AFC and NFC championship game prediction. So the four teams, way too early, NFC, AFC, who are the four teams playing in the championship games? I'm not even going to ask you to give me your Super Bowl two. I want those four teams so you have a little bit of leeway in space. Okay. You know, I spent like 30 minutes thinking this through and I've already forgotten everything, my entire Mm -hmm. rationale. So this is going to be off the top. All right. Well, the first one's easy. All right. Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
no argument against it. I, I, they don't lose anyone. And I'm absolutely done counting Tom Brady out. There's, mm -hmm. there's no, we're done. All right. So Tampa Bay's in it. It is mm -hmm. what it is. Now from here, it gets tough because is Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Because I can see, I can see that man's hate fueling him to a conference championship, regardless of what team he's on. Yeah. All right. I can see that man going to the NFC championship with the Packers in spite of everything. Mm -hmm. I, and I can see him going to a title game out of spite against the Packers. So that's an important element. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to put an asterisk and say the Packers or whoever Aaron Rodgers plays for. Okay. Uh, all right. Now on the AFC side, I don't have a justification for it, you know, and you know me, I mean, you know, from when the winter forecast was a thing, sometimes I just have mm -hmm. these feelings and they come, they come through. Um, they act, in fact, they always come through. Mm -hmm. uh, the chiefs are not going to make it to the title game this year. Oh, okay. Because the chiefs are not going to even win their division this year. Oh, because that's going to be the Raiders. Okay. Uh, okay. Just, you know, okay. Uh, the Raiders and the Chargers are going to overachieve this year, and it's going to make it all that much tougher in Kansas City. Um, but on the AFC side, let me think about this. Um, oh, also, okay, in the case that Aaron Rodgers is not in the NFC, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to put L.A., I want to put LA in there. Okay. The the Rams? Yeah. Okay. I think Stafford is the missing missing sauce. Yes. I to see it happen. The AFC is more wide open. That's that the AFC is the tougher one. I'm looking at a at a United States map right now to just visualize all the teams. <laughs> um, let me think this through. I mean, the easy answer is the Bills, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? This hurts. This hurts to say. I'm going to say it's the Bills and the Colts. <sighs> okay. I mean, oh God. I really, as much as I don't want to see Carson Wentz succeed right mm -hmm. off the bat, I, I just, I mean, that is still a wicked good defense. Yes. And if, and if it clicks there, even a little bit on offense, that's all you need. That's all yeah. you need to go far. Mm -hmm. The Bills, I'm a little shaky um, only because I, I just, I feel like it's one of those things where everybody's expecting the Bills, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody expects them to take a step back. And uh, we've seen just how hard it is to remain elite in this league. Mm -hmm. But I, I just don't have a knock against them. I could see the 49ers surprising a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, if they can get things going on offense, be it Garoppolo or Trey Lance, it, it, I mean, they've never needed a superstar quarterback in the past few years to do yeah. well anyways. So um, I could see them turning heads and making another title game, but, but we'll say, sorry, I'm going off here. Yeah, you're fine. We'll, you're good. You're good. We'll say Rams, Bucks, uh, Bills, Colts with 
just a you know a little asterisk for whoever Aaron Rodgers is playing for. Yeah, I I love that because you you talked through like basically every team in the league, um, which got which got me to think about mine because I was like, oh man, who do I think is gonna? I you're right, the Bucks. I'm I'm done. Same thing. I'm not I'm not counting Tom. Tom Brady can be 55 playing for whoever, and I'm gonna take that team to be in the super or to be in the at least in the the conference championship. So I have the Bucks. You mentioned them there. I think San Francisco. Um, San Francisco was riddled with injuries last year. Uh, so I think that they can um, they can kind of fix the wrongs of last year. And I, I had heard it uh, actually on, on Ryan Rosillo's podcast with Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer said it would be idiotic for them to not have Trey Lance play the first, second, and third quarter, or third, first, second, third and fourth quarter of every single preseason game just to get him reps. Because you don't really need Jimmy Garoppolo to play in the preseason. Like, you just don't. Um, so I'm excited to see how Trey Lance does in those preseason games uh, if they play him extended time. Uh, but you're right. I think that you could put, you know, insert name here back there. Um, and because of Kyle Shanahan's system, they're going to figure it out. So on the NFC, I have the Bucks in San Francisco. Um the AFC, if I have to take out the Steelers, you know, going 19, 20, and 0, of course, um, as they as I think they will every year. Um, you mentioned the Bills. I think the Bills are one of those teams, like you said, defense travels and defense stays, and uh, they just have great coaching top to bottom. I think Josh Allen is their guy. Uh, he brings a fire to that to that team, and you got to believe Buffalo is going to be back to full capacity in the in the the during the season, which changes the aspect of playing in Buffalo, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it pains me to say this, but it's so hard to not say that they're going to team that can make a run at it, and it's the Cleveland Browns because of what they've done up front uh, defensively, because of how they continue to get better and they continue to draft great, and they're so daggum deep everywhere the only thing that holds them back is baker mayfield and that is like a good thing if that yeah. makes sense yeah because baker i would love that problem yeah he's not exceptional like he's not an exceptional quarterback but the dude goes out and wins games like he's got he's got it he's got the passion that can overcome those physical inabilities um as i say sitting here talking into a microphone um but that is a good problem to have. Now, I think that you have to kind of get around the Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. Does he get his touches? Because I think Landry is, is the best fit for them. He's a very quiet guy, goes out, gets his job done, and is a quiet leader. Odell is the flashy wide receiver guy that you have to look for. But if, if I had to say it right now, and this is going to change by the time August hits, I would go Bills. Cleveland AFC Championship, and I would go Bucks, Niners NFC Championship. Now, I have one question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking. Actually, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it differently. Who do you think is going to regress the most from last season? Oh God. Um. I don't think it's going to be the Chiefs, like you said. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs regress a bunch. Uh, shoot. And you're not going to get me to say the Steelers either. 
um, across the whole league. Yeah. Most disappointing team. Um, I'm gonna, and this isn't, this is no bias at all. I'm gonna say the Ravens. I think that the Ravens are another year or two away from getting figured out. Like that system just doesn't last. Like we saw it with Kaepernick uh, in San Francisco with Harbaugh and Harbaugh's offensive coordinator is the same guy that's in Baltimore right now. Um, they have a great, great defense. Like most of the AFC North is built is to have great defenses and offenses that contribute. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a freak athlete, but we've seen in bigger moments, he just can't make the big throws. And I think that when teams figure out how to consistently stop those read options and stuff like that, like they did when the system was run in San Francisco, they go eight and nine. Again, I got to catch myself eight and nine, seven and 10 kind of have a bit of regression from, from being the dominant team we've seen the last two years. What about yourself? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go a similar route as you here. I, I, we have the same division, Mm-hmm. Um, but my team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. I mean, dude. <laughs> All right, buddy. T- it's been great having you on. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, you're, you're talking about the Ravens who are going to be stuck in the mud. Okay. I'm not talking about a team that's stuck in the mud here. I'm talking about a team that's done. I'm talking about a team that's old. I'm talking about a team that is, that is just trying to hold on to the past. And I'm sorry, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't even, it, it he's done. His, his best days are behind him. And I honestly don't think, other than the Bengals, there's a team worse than the Steelers in that division. Mm-hmm. And they're trending in all the wrong directions. All the wrong directions. I mean, last season is, is shows it for you. I mean, they sure, they peaked, what, week 11? And then yeah. what happened? Week 12. I, I, the- I worry about it, too. I, I worry about the sustainability of them as a team. Um, but, again, you'll never get me to say a bad word about them. We're going 20-0. and 0. Forget it. Right, um, right, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Madden. Madden yeah. Sure. Uh, anyway, Max, thank you I'm so, so much. Max, big on the What's up? Oh, yeah. I, I only even brought that up because I wanted to dig on the Steelers for you. Yeah, thank you. That makes me feel so it. good. I'm glad I brought you on. Um, but seriously, oh, yeah. Max. Well, hey, listen, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, there's a delay, and so I keep talking like right when you're talking. We're fine. Go, 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 go. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me – hold on. Oh, my God. I'm keeping this whole thing in, by the way. Okay, go for it. Now Now you're good. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, Max, thank you so, so much. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. This is the first time. It will not be the last time. Um, when the season gets closer, like I said, I got bigger things planned for this show and everything like that. Um, but I want to thank you for giving me your time coming on, everything like that, and uh, wish you the best, man. Oh, yeah. Marcus, it was such a pleasure. I'm, I'm so, Listen, man. When I come back here, I, I might even have some real definitive answers for you. But we'll see. I'm keep playing <laughs> I, my game. I actually you know. want you to come back on just to talk yourself around in circles. And then I'm like, man, he said some good stuff there. And then I l- listen back and I'm like, 
he didn't say a daggum thing the whole time. There you go, man. And you know what? <laughs> That's the strategy because by then, Marcus, you've listened to me twice. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, Max, thank you so, so much. Everybody, thank you for listening. Make sure that you are rating, reviewing, download, subscribe, all those things, anywhere you can find your podcast. Again, thank you so, so much. Um, and we will be back with you next week, bro. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening.